That's Toronto's Stan Simon with Only the Moon, the latest single from his new country folk album, Songs from Strange Places, a recording that takes its lead from the great singer-songwriters and balladeers of our time on a reflective collection of songs that explore themes of love, loss, and spiritual exploration. To learn more about the new album, we're pleased to welcome Stan Simon to Folk Roots Radio. It's great to be able to talk to you today. Yeah, you too, Jen. Thanks a lot for having me on the show. We're doing it over Zoom. Now, Stan was supposed to be here two months ago. I think in April we had planned that Stan was going to come down to Leamington for an in-person interview, uh, chatting about his music and the album. But of course, the coronavirus pandemic hit. He is in isolation at home in Toronto. Actually, I think you're not quite isolated now. I think you get to go out a little bit more than we do down here in Leamington. But we'll eventually be tiptoeing back into the world and hoping we don't get locked down again. But it must have been a bit of a strange period for you. You know, you I know we've been corresponding over email for, for months about, you know, this album coming and how excited you were about it. I think it's the third one. And, yeah, it, and then suddenly this happens and it throws everything up, doesn't it? Yeah, uh, when we, we had a whole tour uh, scheduled, I'm, sure, I'm pretty sure most of your artists probably talk about this as well, right? They had tours canceled. And uh, this was my first tour that I had in, in, in many years. And uh, after booking it and making a lot of uh, different connections and conversations with people, we, we were really, really excited to head on the road. And uh, unfortunately, what happened happened. And then it's obviously for the best. So uh, we stuck around and uh, I've been doing the live stream thing for a little bit now. Yeah. And that's going OK for you? Yeah, it is. Uh, I've done I've done a few. One of them was for um, City Hall Live, and uh, I was actually presented by Folk Music Ontario, which is great. It's definitely a stranger experience um, for people uh, that play in, in my genre. You know, I, I wasn't immediately ready to be playing into a phone or a computer, and to not hear a clap from a crowd, or instead to see thumbs and hearts popping up, uh, which is great. Um, it, it's just it took a little bit of getting used to, and. I think uh, um, I still probably prefer the other way, as most people do as well. But for the time being, at least we still get to play in some capacity. And I guess you must be happy that the album was so far along that it wasn't like that, you know, you were stopped making an album before you even got in the studio. Oh, yeah, that, that, that's exactly it. Yeah, the album was, was all done and I was just planning on how uh, I wanted to release it and, and, and share it with, with people. And then, and, you know, it, even... With, with, with the pandemic happening, uh, I, I want to think that people still want or, or need new music. So I'm happy to be giving people that, that opportunity to listen to music, put art into the world, and you know, still engage through, through art in the community. Well, certainly my impression is that people are really do love the new music. And I've got to say, I, I have been you know, getting some wonderful songs from people over the last few months. I, I know that you were involved in a project that was put together by David Newbury and Sean Clark in Toronto. Yeah. Were, you know, basements in isolation. Um, yeah, I that think was, that was uh, an incredible project. I was, I was so happy that they decided to do that. Um, and then that song that I submitted ended up being the last song on, on the new record. The fact that I got to be on that, it was, it was quite an honor. I, I love those two as songwriters and for what they do at Winona in Toronto for In Basements on Sundays. Yeah, that's right. And the song we're talking about is Flowers in Your Arms, which was yeah. on the In Basements on Sundays or In Basements in Isolation collection of Volume 1. 
And it's the 10th track on this album. Now, this is your third album, right? That's right. Yeah. Songs from Strange Places. I was reading when I, you know, getting set for the interview that you went through a period of, you know, wondering whether the music career was really right for you. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, I, I decided to stop pursuing music as career. I think I, I felt after the second record, I started to feel a little bit more like, um, I don't know, I, I guess like an entertainer of sorts. I, I didn't really feel like an artist anymore. Um, and I kind of stepped away. I thought maybe I should focus on other things in my life, like having a family and, you know, having, a, you know, success in whatever form that really entails. And when I decided to stop doing that, um, songs naturally came. And what was really special about that period of saying, you know what, I'm going to stop, is that I feel like after all these years of trying to write songs, um, I, I felt like I finally found sort of my own formula in, in how to do it. And, you know, I approach the songs very openly and honestly, you know, in doing so, you have to also ask yourself some tough questions um, if you want to write songs like that. And I feel like I did. And, and, and that's kind of why I feel more proud about this record. And Songs from Strange Places, you know, over the course of a period of time of deciding you don't want to have a career in music, a lot of things end up happening to you in life. And it's all of the different aspects um, of what happened that made me think of that title. There's lots of different experiences you have. It doesn't only have, uh, songs don't come from one place. So uh, that's that's kind of why I decided to call the, the album Songs from Strange Places. Too. We started off with Only the Moon. That's actually the first track on the album. And interestingly, I think it was one of the first tracks that you sent me. You know, as we mentioned, that's the, the current single for the album, which is due out very shortly tell us a little bit about this song because there's a lot of love in this album i mean you know what i love about this album and you know when i was thinking about you know what i was going to write when i was preparing for the interview it feels there's quite a throwback to this because i think it really does you know goes back to to some of those early neil young albums you know i mean he seems to be somebody that i i would really name check in a situation like this you know brooding singer-songwriter you know especially you know talking about love talking about loss and then this yearning i think for spiritual connection i mean really comes through on this project but only the moon especially because you know it is a it's a beautiful song but tell us a little bit about him yeah only the moon is is uh, actually one of the songs on the record that i, I didn't really write about myself but it's more of, of my experience viewing two uh, people in my life that I'm close to and how their relationship was kind of deteriorating over time. When I first wrote it, I, I think I had just gotten married or maybe I was a year into my marriage. And um, I wondered, you know, how, how would it feel to be in that position? You know, really, really having a relationship around me crumble or a marriage. And it's pretty frightening because, you know, I've been with my partner for about 10 years now. Actually, it'll be our 10-year anniversary in October uh, when we have our first kid due. So I was watching these two friends of mine go, go through this um, and I was sitting in my basement and uh, this tune kind of just came to me and I had this small window in my basement and the moon was shining through and, and generally when I like to get introspective or, or think about things in my life, like many people, I go for walks, usually at night, um, clear my head, gather my thoughts. And uh, when I was sitting in my basement writing the tune, the moon was just shining through the window straight onto my guitar. Um, and I felt like, what what better confessional than sitting right there singing to something that uh, 
can't really speak back to you, but you're still having a conversation with the world. And um, I decided to write about these two friends of mine from the perspective if I was in their situation. It's it's a beautiful song. And, I, you know, I love the chorus in it. It's got such a strong chorus in it because you really get that feel that you're out there, you know, as you say, looking at the moon. And, and I, I guess from a, you know, if I was a relationship counselor, I would say, well, that's really good that you're thinking so deeply about your relationship, <laughs> you know. As yeah, to- no, for sure. Um, I, I just, you know, uh, oh, boy, I, I just I really felt bad for for, for them. And, and um, you know, thankfully, there there's still two people that are together and, and trying to make things work. And but uh, with, with in terms of the, the writing of the song itself, my my point of writing the song was to try to write the, the simplest song that I could. I felt with the kind of subject matter that came along with it, I didn't want to complicate things too much. Um, I wanted to make something that was really easy to listen to, try my best to convey a message, and uh, have it just kind of roll roll off when you press uh, the play button. And then, and then I guess um, I tried to take that approach to, to the rest of the record. The whole aspect of the record was try to be honest, open, and don't complicate over things too much because I overcomplicate and overthink things a lot in my daily life. So I tried to try to not do that in my artistic life for once. <laughs> you, you know, the you interesting thing you said there, where you, you you know you talked about it being a simple song because the simple songs are often the best. You know, yeah. they, they're not simple in the amount of work that goes into them or anything like that. But, you know, their message is allowed to to come through so clearly. I just wonder, how, how does it feel to you as a songwriter after you write a song like that? Because, you know, when I listen to you sing and I read the lyrics, which uh, you've made available, which is really nice. But I wonder, it must take a lot out of you, does it, when you write a song like that? Do you feel pretty yeah. drained after? Oh, a hundred percent. And then performing it is reliving it. Um, and it's a funny thing you say that too, because like most songwriters, um, you can play a song a thousand times in different bars, going to or play it to a hundred different people. Uh, and and sometimes, you know, if if you don't, and I don't want to speak for everyone, but if I wouldn't take my lyrics seriously, as I feel like I may have not have on past records, um, I might not feel them. Like I'm playing them for the first time when I am playing them live or on a live stream. And, and definitely with these songs, um, I feel that way. I feel like I relive them every time I play them. And, and that was really special to me uh, in order to feel like uh, I was a songwriter again. To feel like I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying the songs I'm playing. They were made with, with, with intent. They're about real people in my life, real, real uh, situations. And again, that helps me relive it and, and convey that voice when we're performing it or when I'm singing it. Which is interesting. I want to go back to something you said at the start when you said that, you know, when you were wondering whether a music career was for you, it was because you were starting to feel, you know, like just like an entertainer. Nothing wrong with that. But no. I think that, you know, just going out and, you know, and, you know, knocking the songs out in a bar or something like that maybe not feeling like the art was coming through. Whereas, you know, with an album like this, this really feels like art and Stan Simon is an artist. And to me, that comes across as being very important to you. But obviously, at the same time, you know, with the way the music industry is, and now we've got, you know, COVID-19 on top of everything, you know, how are people going to be able to make a good living when we get out of this? Personally, you know, as somebody who loves the music and loves promoting the people that make it 
I feel pretty comfortable just saying, well, people are producing great music. I want to share it with the world. But, you know, people have to make money out of it to live. Otherwise, it'll all eventually fall apart. And I can see that must be a real quandary for people like yourself. Yeah, it, it's 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 definitely really difficult. And, and for a lot of my friends who are going through similar things, um, friends of mine that, that tour much more often than I do, that maybe live by themselves on a single income, I, I can't even begin to fathom how hard that must be to wonder about how you're paying rent every single day. The pandemic being what it is, I can only hope that once there's a vaccine in place, um, you know, we can edge closer and closer to sort of gaining some semblance of, of what we had in terms of, of performing um, and having live music be uh, strong and much needed part of our culture. And hopefully when that time comes, we can all get back to, to what that feeling was like. Uh, I know that uh, I certainly look forward to it quite a bit. Um, and I know a lot of people in the community, the songwriting community, are yearning for it as well. I mean, when you hear about uh, festival after festival being canceled, it's tough to hear a lot, you know, and um, it's really great that people like yourself are still helping promote music and we're still doing the best that we can in the digital age to, to, to spread the word about what songwriters are doing, what they have to say. Um, and then hopefully that will also carry on when we're all ready to come back. Yeah, I, I think, unfortunately, it will, it will inevitably take a little bit of time to, to yeah. things to start yeah. to go. But I think I'm hoping that after this, people will will realize how important real life music is and i think that's you know again it's getting below the popular music and there's no disrespect to popular music but sometimes it's heavily marketed music and people if people don't make an effort to go beyond that they yeah. miss out on so much i did myself before i got into radio i mean it's not I, I you know i like to think i've always had good musical taste but the reality was it wasn't until i actually started you know, to explore through radio that I, I realized, I remember my first radio station down in the U.S. And, you know, I went in and there was a whole bunch of artists I had no clue about, but I started to listen to music. I thought, wow, you know, why am I, <laughs> why am I listening to all these major label people when there's all of these people? Yeah, they, they don't have much profile, but that's why I'm here to try and, and help raise it. And, and, you know, that really is an eye-opening experience. And I, Hope anyone listening to this radio show, uh, I'm sure most of them will already know that. But it, it really, it, it sounds kind of crazy when you say it, but it's it, it really is an eye-opening experience to realize there is so much great music there under the radar that needs more exposure. And and that's why it needs support. I mean, I, I want people to be making art. I don't necessarily just want them to be entertaining. Yeah. You know, and I, I had a similar experience to you like uh, in, in that layoff that I had. That we were just talking about um when i finally came back uh i said hey you know what i have songs again let's do this um you know i, I somehow found myself into winona and in basements and then i met a slew of songwriters who go there every sunday and i was ab absolutely blown away by the man how many songwriters would, would walk through there and i and i'd hear them every sunday and and just be knocked off knocked off my feet by what I was hearing and I didn't even know it was around before. So I feel pretty lucky to be, to be considered part of that community or, or just to know some of these people um, like, like, uh, like Sean and, and, and David. Yeah, it's truly remarkable and it's pretty inspiring as well to keep, to keep it up. No, oh, yeah, it certainly is. I want to go back to the album, play another track. We're going to play Everlasting Love, which, you know, you were talking about the fact that over the moon, 
you know, although you write it in the first person, is actually a song written about other people. Everlasting Love, that is a song, I think, written from your own perspective, though? Yeah, yeah. That that, that was a song um, I, that I, I was kind of picturing myself, uh, you know, with the idea that I have a family on the way or, or, or a kid on the way, and uh, I wanted to walk through life like it was some fantastic drug um, and to remind myself that, you know, love can be stronger than hate, especially in the times that we live in more, more than ever. You know, we dreamed of being by the water, walking through trails, and I just wanted a, a song on the record because I, I can write some downers a lot of the time. <laughs> and I really wanted one that, that, that kind of exploded with positivity because um, I feel that a lot with what I have coming up in, in my life in particular. And I know that a lot of other people need a good injection of love like, like we all do. Uh, so I want to write that song with, with, with that intention um, of, of being surrounded by, by love and peace. Let's listen to that just now. This is Stan Simon with Everlasting Love from his forthcoming album. It's entitled Songs from Strange Places. You're listening to Folk Roots Radio, and I'm Jan Hall.
That's Dan Simon with Everlasting Love from his new album. It's entitled Songs from Strange Places. Stan Simon's our special guest on Folk Roots Radio today. We're in strange times because it's the COVID-19 pandemic. Stan was supposed to be in the Folk Roots Radio studio talking about this album, but because we are isolating, he's in Toronto, I'm in Leamington. I want to ask you, Stan, about your influences. We talked a little bit in the first part of the interview. I mean, and you know, you made it clear, I think, that, you know, you, you almost channel, I think, a lot of the the sort of ethos of all these great songwriters and balladeers from a time. But I'm always curious as to, well, who do you think are the actual influences you have? Uh, for me, um, I, I have to say uh, Towns Van Zandt, 100%. I think I've learned a lot about life through him. Um, and, de- and definitely the the big hitters as well, like like the Neil Young, Neil Young's of the world. Um, recently, I've been really uh, into an album by Sybil Byer, who I, I never heard about before, but her album Color Green, uh, I've been listening to almost every day for the last week, trying to pick up on, on you know, certain ways other songwriters of the past were doing it. I think her album was actually came out in 2006, though it sounds like it's a much older record. So I was kind of surprised by that. For me, uh, it, it kind of started when I was a kid in my parents' basement. They had a great record collection. A lot of country records like George Jones, uh, Waylon Jennings. And I kind of grew up around that. Uh, of course, the Beatles. My dad was a big Beatles fan, so he pushed that on the family pretty much nonstop. And to this day, says there's no other band better than the Beatles. And although I fought him on it as a kid, I think I'm starting to uh, think that he was right all along. <laughs> I, I think that's a stage we all go through. You know, I think, you know, because, you know, when the Beatles were, you know, were, were so big and so everywhere. And, you know, I think that there was a case of, almost getting to the point of just accepting everything, you know, and, and not appreciating how brilliant they were. Um, oh, yeah. You know, when yeah, that, I picked that, up the, the box set a few years ago and actually had it all right in front of me and I'm looking at it all and listening to all the albums again right from the beginning and you think, wow, you know, what amazing. Yeah, definitely. And, what and amazing legacy. You know, beyond beyond kind of uh, rock pop or folk and country, um, uh, I'm really much a big blues fan, like uh, guys like Junior Kimbrough, and Howling Wolf and Lenny Hopkins. They are the most incredible artists to me. I've never been able, at least I don't think, to be able to write a good blues song. You know, as I said before, I like to think think of my songwriters open and honest. And if I can't if I don't feel like I can write a, a blues song with, with all the honesty that I want, then I won't I won't do it. But I'm also very much hard on myself and don't give myself enough credit a lot of the time. You know, blues artists. Um, I'm also really big into uh, metal. I love metal. I've been a metalhead my whole life, but can't write that either. So uh, somehow I found myself around writing uh, folk and country, and I feel like it's been working. For me. Yeah, well, you know, I kind of, I have to say, I, I, you know, I'm sure anyone listens to this show knows I really get off and talking to people about their music. But you know, it's, I like to hear, you know, how authentic you're trying to be with your songwriting. I mean, the, you know, this is obviously a huge part of who you are now. I want to steer the conversation into the making of the album. Third album, you said that this album's a little different because you were, you know, perhaps focusing a little bit more on on the songs, you know, maybe that you were spending a little bit more time on them. Can we talk a little bit about the actual process of recording them? Yeah, uh, I, I've been working with uh, my longtime producer engineer, Dennis Patterson, who I believe used to be 
one of the lead engineers at the Glen Gould, uh, the CBC. He now runs his own uh, home studio. It's called Big Smoke Audio. And uh, at first, we we actually recorded the entire record as uh, acoustic and vocals. I, I had planned on the album to be nothing more than that, uh, again, with the theme of being open and honest. Um, I didn't want any other instrumentation. Um, I wanted to steer clear of overcomplicating the songs. I wanted them to be raw, out there, lyrics first. And then it changed because uh, I have really great musicians on the, on the record. I always say that I'm the worst musician in my band, uh, and I like it that way. <laughs> I think I need a good, really good backing band to make things sound really great. And the more I would, I would branch out and, and jam with, with other friends of mine, the more I realized, you know what? Uh, this, this album could really use some more color. And for years, I've wanted pedal steel on, on my albums, and I, I never did it. And this time, I had Nathan Gray come in and play pedal steel on the record. And he, he's absolutely incredible at what he does. And I, I credit him with, with making the album sound so much better. We had uh, my friend Sebastian Shinwell, who played a, a lot of different instruments on the record, from piano to bass to... Uh, electric guitar to backup vocals, and he's he's a heavy hitter in my view, and and a great songwriter unto himself. It, it's people like that that just can can make a record come alive. For drums, we had uh, uh, Max Truffler, who plays in a fabulous band called Jackie, who's actually releasing some new music right now. Actually, Jackie, the singer, she uh, sang on on um, one of the t- uh, tracks on the album called Visceral. Um, and she's in the chorus there and does an absolutely beautiful job. But that's, that's pretty much everyone to play on the record. So from something that I wanted to start with no one, uh, I ended up only having three more people. But it really feels like a full uh, embodiment of, of sound that comes through from the record, at least on the songs where there is instrumentation. Uh, and I couldn't be more happy with, with how it came out from them. So this really feels like the the true Stan Simon experience for a third album? Oh, yeah, 100%. And uh, I probably say this uh, mistakenly, but I, I say to a lot of people, including my wife, I say, man, I, I wish this could be my debut record. <laughs> I wish this could be the first thing I ever did. And I always have to be reminded by everyone saying, no, 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 you know, what you did before is important to, you know, follow the path that led you to where you are today. And and uh, I'm definitely not someone who who is... Uh, you know, ashamed or whatever word you want to use about my past music. I, I like what I did in the past, and and it's definitely part of my story. But I definitely am most most proud of my new record, and I guess I guess that's kind of how it should be, right? You should be proud of what of the most recent thing that you've done, and, and I think I think I definitely feel that way. Yeah, well, absolutely. I think that that's really important. I want to go back to the album and play. I think the track that I love the most. And I don't know, it's just got a wonderful instrumental accompaniment to it, and that's Eternal Maze. Tell us a little bit about this song. So Eternal Maze, this is one of the songs that's just me me and a guitar, again, open, honest, uh, very raw. And I think I had to keep it that way uh, for what the song is kind of about. You know, with that time off and not, not really writing too much songs and, and feeling like I wasn't really an artist. I wrote the song about about that feeling feeling lost, not knowing which way I was going to go with my life, wondering about what success really means, having a family that that's coming up, and, and what that would mean with being a musician as well. 
And I realized that it's okay to feel lost and it's okay to carve yourself a new path. That's always an, an option with your life. Eternal Maze is kind of this never-ending puzzle that I, I felt like I was always stuck in. I could never find my way out. But I guess you have to tear down those walls that you can't uh, go through. You know, you have to just kind of make your own path, go through with it, be okay with your decisions. If you have shortcomings along the way, that's only an opportunity to learn. So eternal maze is, is misleading. It's not eternal. You can find a way out, but I feel like it was eternal for a long time. Yeah, it's a beautiful song. I really love it. Yeah. Stan Simon with Eternal Maze on Folk Roots Radio. Here's the road I travel along The right one to ride I search for a friend But there's no one I find The sky begins to tremble As the sun goes low And the road is very long And the night is so cold Many have said Take a certain path Through many twists and turns I forgot my way back Oh Lord, can you hear The source of my fear I'm lost on your trail For what feels like years my heart calls loud Like a drum inside of me Sam, brother, don't be scared Only be free Be one with the wind The dirt and the waves And find yourself an exit From the eternal I'm not sure if I'll ever be home We fall into this world And we fall out alone The direction I'm headed Even I cannot tell And wander I will So long, farewell That's Stan Simon with Eternal Maze from his new album. It's entitled Songs from Strange Places. Stan Simon's our special guest on Folk Roots Radio today, chatting about the album. It's a strange situation because, you know, the album is coming out very shortly, but there can't be a release show, or not a release show like you would like to do it, right, Stan? Yeah, that, that, that's pretty well it. I, I had plans on doing it at a few different venues, I was uh, two shows into my Cameron House residency before the pandemic hit. Um, that was going to jet set me off the tour, starting with uh, uh, Leamington. And unfortunately, the pandemic hit and, and everything had to be paused and pushed back. Uh, and it, we, we wanted to end the tour with a release show for the album. But now that the album released, that got pushed back to 
July 10th. I'm still trying to think about how I want to do it. And, and most likely, I think we'll be doing a, uh, um, a live stream show, possibly in my backyard, if I can do that. Maybe we can socially distance all of the uh, instruments or acoustics. So we're still trying to figure that out. But I, but I think we're definitely going to do, do something. It's interesting because I was watching one of your videos and I can't remember which song it was for, but with the four of you playing together, but it was a beautiful video just released. And and I thought, you know, you start to think about all the creative ways, you know, you can release an album when you can't actually uh, be yeah. there. And I thought it would actually be kind of cool if you could do a bunch of different videos as well as a release show. Um, yeah, that, to that, that's a really songs. great idea. I mean, and, and what... What's really uh, interesting about the times that we're all living in is it's kind of forcing all of us to have creative ideas about how we want to release music, how we want to release art, in what fashion, whether it be a live stream or multiple videos. That was a really fun video to make. I, I am sort of 50% tech dumb, so uh, I had to rely on, on Max, the drummer, who knew how to do all that stuff from other bands he was in, so thank goodness for that. But you know what? It, it's important to be creative um, and try to figure out how uh, we want to go about it, but uh, I think maybe for the album release, a good old, good old fashioned live stream might might be the best uh, way to do it. How how that live stream will come about, we're still kind of figuring that out. Now, which song is the YouTube video that um, we're talking about? Oh, that that's for Everlasting Love. Everlasting Love, yeah. It's a definitely check that out on YouTube. Uh, you can find it on Stan's social media: Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or his website at Stan Simon Music. Dot com lots of resources so hopefully when everything gets going you'll be back on the road again yeah i certainly hope so um for me uh, i've kept in contact with some of the venue owners um that, that we book shows through uh um and they seem to want us back and i definitely want to go out there again so that 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 is the plan we do have our, our son who we're expecting in october so maybe that will slow things down not maybe that will slow things down <laughs> For, for a little bit, but um, everyone who plays with me is excited to play the songs live. I think a lot of people in, in my circle of songwriters and the music community are, are really eager to get back out there as well. I think once we're able to and safely, I, I think we're all going to be doing that, including myself. Um, yeah, I, I cannot wait to get back on the road again, specifically. So uh, yeah, 100%, I want to get in the car and go. Well, we certainly look forward to having you come down here and play for us. So we'll definitely make sure that happens. I would love nothing more. We started the conversation, you know, talking about the the fact that you were really wondering if, you know, a, a career in music was, was what was right for you. It sounds like this album has allowed you to move beyond that, that you've, re, you know, rediscovered the inner artist that is creating this wonderful music. What do you think the, the future holds? I mean... I know we're just talking about an album about to be released, but do you have ideas of where you want your career to go? Yeah, I, I think I think taking that that time off um, and then writing a record with, without the intention of releasing music was really important for me mentally. As a songwriter, I, I feel personally that it's important to be prolific. I like to some sometimes have maybe half an album or, or a full album you know, in my back pocket when I release an, another record. So I do have lots of music that is already written, uh, some uh, little embryos in my head that I that have to still grow. But I think the future for me is is to write more, uh, experience more, challenge myself with what I want to talk about and, and be 
as open as I can when it comes to, to art. Yeah, that's the perfect way to be. That definitely is. Definitely is. It's been great uh, to, to chat with you today. We're going to finish with another one of my favorite songs from the album. Uh, I think it's a good way to finish, and that's with Rest Well in the Blue Night. A very interesting song. Tell us a little bit about it. So th this song was, uh, it happened on a morning where um, I was in a pretty foul mood. And so was the person I was with. And uh, it, we had an argument in very short succession. Um, and we said some things that we both take back. And the problem with having an argument that's so short when one person has to leave is that the argument happens fast. Things you don't mean to say happen quickly. And then you're separated with nothing more but thinking about how awful you just were. To me, it's a song of atonement. Uh, it's a song for, for me apologizing for my lousy moods um, that I could have from time to time. And, uh, I had to catch a train on that day, and I sat on that train, and I wrote the lyrics instantly to the song once my anger turned to regret. And when I was on the train, uh, the sun was setting, and the sky was a perfect royal blue. And that's kind of where the blue comes from, the blue night. So it's kind of saying, you know, I'll see you soon. Rest well for now, and then we can come back together. That's a perfect way to finish. We'll all yep. <laughs> see each other soon. We'll rest well, and we'll come back together and listen to some beautiful music. For sure. It's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you today. This is Stan Simon with Westwell in the Blue Night from his new album, Songs from Strange Places. You're listening to Folk Roots Radio, and I'm Jan Hall. And I think you probably need to get back to sorting out that room for the new baby, don't you, Stan? Yeah, I do. I think it needs a second coat of paint. So uh, got to get on that, I suppose. You take care. We'll see you soon. Thanks, Jan. You too. It's been a pleasure.
good fortune, my love, I'll come. Fare thee well, winds of winter, I must be moving on to mend your crying eyes until they.